1: Hi, this is Bob Gruen, rock and roll photographer from New York, and you're listening to Pantheon Podcast. History in five songs. With host Martin Popov. A production of Pantheon Podcasts. Let's rock out with Martin.
0: Yes, indeed. Welcome back again to another episode of History and Five Songs with Martin Popoff brought to you by the good people at Pantheon Podcast. We are pleased, as always, to be part of this vast and always expanding Pantheon Podcast Network. We're available on Spotify, iTunes, and over 40 other podcast platforms. All right. We are calling this episode, this is episode 156, I'm calling it When Thrash Slowed Down. Um, This is inspired by an idea by Bill Zwerth, so thank you for that, Bill. And I always found this kind of interesting It reminds me, it brings back fond memories of working at Banger Films when we did the Metal Evolution series. The first episode we ever did was the Thrash episode. I remember one funny story. We spent so much time and effort and and burned so many brain cells on that coming up with the perfect, perfect episode because it was the first one. I remember we had a big meeting one day and Sam looked at all of us and said, man, we have interviewed way too many people for this one. We we don't have the budget to interview this many people uh, moving forward. So that was kind of an interesting wake-up call but one of the neat things about that so my job there um was uh you know essentially my job was to do all the pre-interviews so i did like 300 phone interviews of mostly the same people that sam would then go on the road and interview in person asking the same questions so the idea of a pre-interview is is you know you find out who's articulate and, and can to speak to certain story points and uh, is very uh, verbose and mansplaining, right? So that was kind of the idea. It, w- it was like an audition in a way to, uh, to be interviewed for the show. And one of the story beats was definitely about this. We asked everybody this question. We got a myriad of responses. But the funny thing is, um, there's no real trend in the responses and no real strength to the responses to this question. Uh, why did Thrash uh, slow down uh, in the late 80s into the 90s? And I'm actually going to examine this from a little bit of a different way but yeah so the idea uh so we so you know we definitely use this as a major major story beat uh in this whole thing and also what uh uh, kind of interested me in doing this episode is is it's also a carryover from a very recent episode we did in uh called how heavy can it get and part of the idea here is when these thrash guys slow down it actually sounds heavier Um, hopefully i'll remember to bring that up again as we discuss the reasons why uh, bands all did this but let's start off with our first selection here this is slayer with read between the lies Alright, so what I wanted to show here is that I wanted to go back early. So this is this is from South of Heaven, so it's the follow-up album to and Blood. South of Heaven was released July 5th, 1988. It's certified gold. Seasons in the Abyss is October 9th, 1990. Wiki says that's at 813,000 copies. Those are my two favorite Slayer albums, and it's because these are the albums where they experimented more so, or more so sincerely, or did a better job of, playing slow and it's an interesting thing when you look at a slayer pit how you know there's a certain dynamic and a chemistry to when Slayer's like like and you know, super fast and thrashy. Um, but there's also another dynamic that almost seems more intense, you know, as they call the breakdown. Uh, you know, when, when you get into a new metal and all that, you know, there's this whole breakdown idea. But when they play slow, the pit is, is also just as violent, and it's violent kind of in a different way. It's kind of interesting. And I guess the interesting thing about it is that Slayer is one of the first bands in here sort of discovering... Uh, the, the the power and the heaviness of playing slow versus their fast stuff. And if you look at everything Slayers ha, has done up to this point, I mean, they're sort of famous, you know, the short story is that they play fast all the time, but it's not really true. Um, almost a little bit like a Venom, when you look at the very early Slayer, there's just sort of an upper mid-tempo feel to what they do. And in parallel, you know, the greatest thrash band of all time, leading up to this this period '88, is is essentially Metallica with Ride the Lightning and Master of Puppets, and they already knew the power of playing slow, that dynamic of fast and slow. Um, and you know, a lot of this comes from um, the idea that these guys essentially grew up on classic heavy metal, where the speeds were not so so fast, and and there was another band called Black Sabbath who who also showed the power. You know, these guys are really sort of perceptive, knowledgeable metalheads, and they realized that there is a power of heaviness in Sabbath that you don't get from Priest, or those pristine, higher, you know, trebly more productions, uh, that that doominess. So, so they wanted to bring it in as we go along. So what I wanted to do here was start with Slayer, because we're back in 1988. The big elephant in the room, and I'm not going to play a track from this album. The big elephant in the room, or the big turning point, of course, is... Metallica's black album um let's actually let's leave that for a little bit and let's let's move forward into that in the time frame so let's let's play the um the next selection here uh, which still puts us before the black album take a listen to this this is pantera with psycho holiday. All right, so why I wanted to play this song, I could have played Cowboys from Hell as well, uh, but I wanted to play this because, again, echoes of the uh, episode where how heavy can it get. One way, one of the three or four ways, Pantera... Up ratcheted on heaviness over something like a Metallica, and even over things like death metal, was this idea of uh, you know people started calling them groove metal. So when they play, when they play slower like this, it gets groovier and grindier, and and there's there's just a certain effect that you get um, from this from this uh, this idea of of slower playing actually being heavier. And what are all these guys? They're all heavy metal fans, and they they all you know they played that fast to begin with to answer the question, how can I get heavier? And now they're finding a new way to get heavier, and that's by playing slow. And another cool thing I wanted to do with these first two selections is both of these, well, okay, so the Slayer, first of all, shows half time and then doubling up the beat to regular time, so they're playing actually truly slow. To like a mid pace feel and not the double time thing. You could have taken this this riff from the Slayer song and done that to to double uh, double time as well. But and that's that's a that's a regular Slayer trope and trick. That's what they do. They they play it slow and it's like oh okay I'm kind of liking that. And then they go up to the the groovy butt shaking speed and uh, and you're liking that even more sort of thing. Right now what I, what I wanted to do that's sort of a subtle comparison between this is the Pantera song. Um, has this idea of uh, Vinnie Paul, the drummer, playing a slow sort of halftime groove, uh, but we've got uh, Dime playing fast guitar, and that's what you also get um, you know the, the the quick right hand, James Hetfield, the the celebrated you know chunky machine gun rhythm from the rhythm guitar. But what these bands are proving to you here is that the drums don't have to be you know simple D beat fast you know based in old hardcore or whatever. They don't have to be a fast thrashy beat. So what they're what they're finding subtly is that even if the riffing stays the same speed if you if you cut back you know to to butt shaking groove or even to halftime you know two four whatever the way you want to frame it there there is a new heaviness uh that comes out of it as well um you know the other thing that people mention with this whole idea of why did bands go go slow because because i'm calling this when thrash slowed down so we're talking about the when but we're also talking about the why uh i suppose as well um, is the idea that when you play in a live venue, and these bands got bigger and moved from the clubs up to theaters and then uh, into into st- into arenas and stadiums? You know, perhaps they were the sandwich band or the support band. Um, you know, often often these bands supported bands that were slower and more mainstream metal as as they rose up the ranks. You know, famously, you know, Megadeth backing up Alice Cooper or uh, or Metallica backing up Ozzy, that kind of thing, right? But as you move up, you realize. Um, uh, and this is something DC knew all along. You realize that um, slower songs with more spaces and and not such a wall of sound uh, actually translate better in a live setting when that live setting is bigger and there's a lot of echo and boom because the whole place is made out of concrete, right concrete and steel and glass. And so uh, these songs just just come off better live and sound sound better live and and frankly more powerful live because when you do have thuddy bass, uh, and and highs and and silence uh, or maybe not complete silence but quietness and loudness uh, that is another way uh, to get heaviness all right this episode of history in five songs with Martin Popov is sponsored by better help without a healthy mind being truly happy and at peace is hard the good news is therapy works but what is therapy exactly it's whatever you want it to be maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and would like some tools to help or maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships or at work not dealing well with stress whatever you need it's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy and now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help better help is customized online therapy that offers video phone and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to it's much more affordable than in-person therapy and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. And special offer to History and Five Songs with Martin Popoff listeners. You can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com five songs. That's betterhelp.com slash five songs. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. I wanted to add that I've gotten this nice testimonial uh, from a listener who says I want to once again give you feedback on your sponsor BetterHelp. The therapy I've received the last month has been better than any I've encountered over the last thirty years. You have a quality, life-changing sponsor. Very cool. Um, all right, let's move on to our next selection. This is Megadeth with Architecture of Aggression. Okay, so now we are up to uh, July 14th, 1992. And what has happened in between? Well, one of the big reasons these bands are going slow, and that's the release of Metallica, Metallica, otherwise known as the Black Album. So, as I said, Metallica are very talented, and they knew the, the power of this before, um, but they had had their Rush Hemispheres moment with uh, And Justice For All, and they realized we just really wanted to simplify things get groovier you know lars says he was listening to a lot of acdc he was he loved the value of a good strong drum beat rather than playing fast and finicky and progressive all the time so what they did is they really combined that sabbath doom that they always had in their slower material from the past mostly from ride and 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 master puppets and they did a lot of that on this and of course advanced single Enter Sandman is, a, is like a, a slow mid-paced song but there's even slower songs on there as well um, but so this album comes out People love it. Um, it's a huge, huge record, and it really changes things out there. So I wanted to insert the story of the Black Album in here. It becomes a massive, massive album and goes diamond eventually. Um, but Megadeth, you know, Dave Mustaine is always kind of worried about what uh, what uh, Metallica is doing. Is doing his his old band that fired him, right? So they just put out a a fierce and amazing thrash record in Rust and Peace. But you get up to Countdown to uh, Extinction here, and you've got, you know, Skin of My Teeth is is fairly up-tempo, but it's not a thrash song. Symphony of Destruction is an irresistibly beautifully written, you know, pop metal classic uh with just this great sort of acdc feel to it um but yeah third track architecture of aggression is a great example uh, to put in here again this is a mid-speed riff sort of played half time um so it's it's kind of cool that you've got this theme now the the interesting thing about what Meta- um, what megadeth did is because they are also very, very talented guys. You've got Dave Ellefson in there and Marty Friedman and Nick Menza. This is the classic lineup of all the best thrash minds in Megadeth all in one place. Um, they're very inspired. Um, they've decided to make a record that doesn't do what the the Black Album did. I I personally like this record more than the Black Album. I think Countdown to Extinction is a masterpiece. But what they tended to do was they made like a bright accessible commercial commercial sort of mid-speed version not so much laden with the doom that the the black album has but more like um you know more like the um metallica escape uh or some of these more accessible metallica songs that that seemed hookier and and just catchier um but you know like i say i mean they're not really the you know what you have to admire dave for in in this situation is um, they might be somewhat inspired by the success of the Black Album, um, but they're doing something completely different. I always call this almost like the Steely Dan of uh, of thrash albums. So this is the Gaucho or Asia of thrash albums. It's beautifully, beautifully recorded uh, by Max Norman, uh, but the writing is just super catchy. The performances are really tight, great grooves on these songs. But it's essentially more up tempo, I think, uh, in total than the Black Album, and uh, and it's a great addition. To this whole thing, um, and again, the idea is that Dave Mustaine and all these guys grew up on classic. Well, even you talk to Dave Ellison and, and he'll extol the virtues of Angel and Cheap Trick and all those bands and Kiss. So they grew up, grew up on on classic hard rock, but even classic classic rock I suppose. Um, so you're getting those influences in here and it, it's not just so fast and dour and complex and all that. And also these bands are growing as people and they and they they realize we've done a bunch of those songs. if we did a bunch of those fast wall of sound sound, songs again they're really gonna just sound like the six or seven or eight we already have in the catalog so they are evolving and realizing we have to do something different anyways to to distinguish from from what we were uh, doing before all right let's move on to our next selection here this is uh number four in our list this is exodus with one foot in the grave Okay, so, out on Capitol, just like uh, just like Megadeth, uh, Exodus, um, you know, just like all these bands, they are getting some pressure from a, uh, A&R and from, you know, the radio people at the label. Everybody kind of wants a single. Um, you know, in Exodus's case, uh, they fell down that trap a little bit of the novelty cover, so this actually has Bitch by Rolling Stones on it and Pump It Up by Elvis Costello, if you can believe it. But this album... Force of Habit came out August 17, 1992, so we're talking a month after the Megadeth album came out. It's definitely full of this slowness, but their slowness is a little bit more. You know, here they are, they're a Bay Area band. Um, you know, they're they're closer uh in so in um, you know, solitude and amplitude to uh to Metallica. And essentially they are doing the Exodus version of the black album, I find on this record. You hear that right immediately with Thorn in my side. Um, but this track here, "One Foot in in the Grave," uh, is a perfect example of this. This slow, doomy, more well, yeah, you know, the the, the guitar riffing is definitely a very black album I find on this album fans revolted they were not happy with this thing so they're not you know even though the Black album was well regarded and doing well there still were a lot of complaints about the Black album um, but you know hearing another one of their thrash bands go in this direction and move from from the more thrashier hardcore feel of the early records into this um, it was not appreciated. You've got the artsy Ralph Stedman cover art on it produced by Chris Tangerides at uh, Battery Studios in London um, which is neither they're here nor there. I mean, he's an old school guy, so maybe there's, you know, he's a guy from the 70s and the new wave of British heavy metal kind of thing, so that's in here as well. Um, you know, this album ends with a very fast one in Feeding Time at the Zoo, but it definitely sounds a lot like the Black album. but there is this idea, you know, another thing I noticed on this is that the vocals uh, of Steve Souza are mixed quite far back, and that's another thing uh, with these these slower thrash albums is you get a real sort of emphasis on the guitars. The guitars have a lot of bass in them. Um, and, and they're also just pushed up in the mix, period. So they've got they've got the pushed up in the mix and the bassiness going on. You really hear that on this Exodus album. And on this album, it's really at the expense of the vocals. Steve is quite buried uh, in this whole thing. Um, you know, and I also wanted to mention around this time, and again, referring to the uh, the Metal Evolution episode we did on Thrash, we definitely hammered these guys all about this talk to multiple Overkill and Testament uh, members. And Testament felt like they were going this way, you know again for a lot of the the curry that you know a lot of sincere creative reasons to try something different uh to to relive their own past a little more and and frankly again relive their love of black sabbath a little more so they did this a little more on the ritual but of course they're on megaforce atlantic they're getting um you know some some influence from the label as well some pressure they're having lineup problems as well at this time um so they they felt the ritual was a little bit this way and overkill feels a little bit i hear black is going this way um you know March 9th 1993 Alex Perialis on that one um, and again um, you know these guys will fully tell you that the labels you know they wanted maybe a ballad maybe a bit video maybe a single um, and oh look how this Metallica album is doing blah 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 you know and around this time as well you've got the influence of the Metallica album and you've got the influence of grunge and I'm gonna get to that in a second a little more um, but I guess what I'm using grunge as a placeholder here for is the is sort of the decline of traditional thrash, which I always sort of place as the apex being the Clash of the Titans tours. And you know, there's a US one and a and a European one. And uh there's a little bit of the changing of the guard there and Alice in Chains being involved. But the idea that this is the apex, but even at the apex to fill fill, you know, larger venues it did take quite you know quite a huge package. So the band thrash never got very, very, very big. But the idea here, um the there was a feel from the label that you know having been stung by the death of hair metal and uh and and having grunge blow up so big uh they're seeing a decline in in thrash and and feeling like it's a little bit yesterday's music uh 80s music so all of these pressures are are on these bands all right let's move to our last selection here take a listen to this this is anthrax with invisible <laughs> okay so we're up to sound of white noise may 25th 93 so we've just moved through uh through a couple of 92s and i've mentioned a few 93 things and and um You know this is all after the black album what anthrax does almost as a uh, a, a, as a example or as a um, you know an indicative thing that they're having a changing of the guard is they're moving from Joey Belladonna into John Bush as their vocalist and uh, they have this album sound of white noise and again um, you know we we could chart the change in all this thrashness moving and changing with these album covers right you know you look at the black album album cover I mean countdown to extinction still (laughs) it looks like like a thrash album i suppose but uh you know even pantera uh, cowboys from hell you know it's a picture of the guys in a bar you know kind of bouncing around sort of photoshopped into that thing but uh, but sound of white noise just has this horrible horrible opaque abstract album cover and sound of white noise is all lowercase and it's put in brackets and it looks really artsy and it's all just white white on yeah it's one of the worst album covers and even stomp stomp 442 the follow-up which is a similar type album has got a a very artsy strange sort of album cover you know with the big um, Storm Thorgerson type uh, you know uh, sculpture thing on it. But yeah, so I wanted to save grunge for here because I think Anthrax is one of the bands that really kind of took in a little bit more of the, uh, you know, the grunge intonation, uh, maybe a bit of Elaine Staley that you get out of John Bush on this, but also a bigger, beefier Sabbath-y sort of Alice in Chains inspired uh, riffing from the band. So they're really changing. Uh, even the production values are getting, getting lower. This is uh, produced by Dave, Ger- uh, Dave, Dave, Jordan with the band. Um, So, you know, he's a little bit more of a modern guy as well. So I think at this point you are really getting, um, you know, maybe the first one of these that is not so much... Um, an influence from the Black Album but a little more of an influence from modern music and modern times and get with the times I mean we are up to 93 here so grunge is already about I would say five years old and grunge has been big for about two years uh, at this point so I think in Anthrax you're getting a band that wants to move a little more with the times um, and even and even write in a in a different and and this I I give them a lot of credit for this because Anthrax is it, and Overkill who you know incidentally and kind of oddly are both East Coast bands um, are my favorite. Bands of the thrash era in terms of the idea of they, they sound like they are a little more uh, mature and wanting to write you know, more more mature and universal and adult lyrics, I suppose. Um, so I, I do like that about what they did. But um, So this album, Stomp 442, and then famously Volume 8, they got a lot of stick for that, for being really kind of out there and alternative-y. Um, so yeah, I, I find that kind of interesting. Uh, just a, a few other things. So, so we've played all the songs here. I just wanted to mention a couple more things. Um, you know, I, I noticed, um, some funny comments on Reddit saying, you know, uh, on this subject of why did bands, uh, thrash bands go slow. Some people said things like they get tired or alcoholism takes its toll after a while, or, uh, you know, after a while you stop binge drinking and taking cocaine. Uh, so, you know, all, all of these sorts of reasons. Right. And, you know, frankly, uh, you could also even look at, um, you know, possibly there's some degradation in these guys' skills, you know, not because they're old, old men at this point, but maybe because of substance abuse. But, you know, take that forward 20 or 30 years, and and I'm sure a lot of this pretty fast technical playing can't be played uh, by these guys anymore. You know, and, and another guy on Reddit, uh, you know, definitely made the point that... Um, when you go see the bands live, I mean, they still have those fast songs from the old days and they're still doing a few fast songs on these albums. So when you go see them live, you're still going to get a big mix of stuff and, that, and that's kind of what you want. But um, yeah, so uh, some some other, you know, kind of honorable mention-y type things that are talked about in this to show that it's actually a trend. And it's not just these examples that I picked, but you've got Flotsam and Jetsam with Cuatro, uh, you've got Corrosion of Conformity coming into the scene, so they're moving from sort of like a, a ragged, hardcore underground band into a band that is a little bit more Metallica-esque and chunkier and more Sabbathy and doomier. Uh, and they do some great, great records with Blind and Deliverance and Wise Blood. Man, I love all those albums, 91, 94, 96 there. Sacred Reich, um, Coroner. Coroner gets quite musical, um, you know, with uh, Grin. Um, you've got Prong, uh, forbidden... Um, So yeah, independent cleansing from prong. Sepultura is an interesting case. You go from Chaos AD uh, and their earlier, much thrashier, more underground stuff. So you get into Chaos AD, which people really like a lot. And then you get into Roots and and things really have slowed down and gotten groovier. And Roots has talked about, you know, the birth of actual new metal uh, in in them with the whole Ross Robinson situation. So there's a lot of these, uh, you know, other ones mentioned. I think this might have been in, in, you know, when I was looking on, on the internet. Internet, maybe read it um artillery by inheritance so, yeah forbidden twisted into form Eccentrics for whose advantage coroner grins sacred reich with american way right we mentioned that defiance before recognition um you know new ones to try uh this was a suggestion in in sort of a message board a death row deception ignored a terror sphere third in order of the sun watchtower energetic disassembly don't know if i agree with that one intruder uh, Target uh, apocrypha. So yeah, there's a lot of examples of this. Um, you know, and and I, you know, we've talked about this, but uh, this is kind of a neat way of putting it. One person asked, "Isn't slow thrash just groove metal?" So the idea is that, you know, when you when you do slow down thrash, it becomes groove metal, and the idea of groove, right? I mean, it's a stupid kind of term and a weird thing to say, but isn't groove making your body move right the idea of groove is that it is heavier and this music is making you move so isn't it pushing you isn't it like a movable force it's it's actually you know exerting pressure on you to make you move right and then frankly like i say the fast stuff you know in the pits and all that is is kind of the same thing but so there you go there's a little treatise on the when all this happened uh, and why all this happened i mean there has been there has been a return you know basically every music under the sun has little subgenres now and in metal it's the same sort of thing so there has been a return with a lot of pretty celebrated bands that have gotten rid of that slowness and gone back to old thrash you know they could be they could be retro thrash bands or retro new wave of british heavy metal bands but in a way there's kind of a parallel uh, to to punk turning into artsier post-punk and, and you know slightly you know not as heavy punk and then the correction is hardcore right so so this is kind of the same thing so when you've got these younger bands going back to the faster version of thrash it's almost like the hardcoring of thrash. So there you go. Uh, if you like this show and want to support future episodes, please go to kofi.com, koficom ko-fi.com slash martinpopoff. Hit that red support button and buy me a coffee or a pint. Like I say, I'm not going on Facebook and mentioning this every week anymore. It's only every two weeks. So these lists are are um, not that long of people that I would like to thank, but I really appreciate you guys being there. We've got Bruce Campbell, Steve Eads. David Fisher, Ryan Gavalier, Darren Casabosky, Peter Kerr, Augustin Garcia, De Paredes, Steve Polari, Scott Ray, Brian Sager, and John Stuckey. Thank you all very much. Um, you can go to martinpopoff.com for the books. Um, there's uh, The Bowie Situation. Don't order a Bowie book from me right now. It'll be back in stock in September. Uh, but yeah, all those visual histories, right now I've got a whole supply of those. Of course, I sign them and sell them er, and and send them out from the office here in um, and there are PayPal buy, buy Now buttons for that. You know I've been doing a lot of these illustrations. You can go look at martinpopoff.ca for those or to ArtPal. Um, there you go. Uh, let us uh, let us know on the Facebook what you think of this idea of thrash slowing down, whether you were on board or uh, really did not like this idea. I love this idea. Um, I think that's what we asked for from Metallica, maybe subconsciously or they asked of, of themselves. They wanted to get back to that magic of feeling music that really made them move and was toe tapping and was grinding and groovy and sabbathy um i think all these bands eventually realized that uh there were subtle other ways to sound heavier than uh just going 100 miles an hour all the time so uh there you go go listen to some slow thrash